Hey, you guys, before the show with Ben Glebe officially starts, I want to talk to you about Harry's, makers of these amazing shaving sets that make great Father's Day gifts. A Harry's shaving set will make the perfect Father's Day gift. It looks cool, it feels special, and it's something that dad will actually use. Dad's can be impossible to shop for. You don't want to get another tie or pair of socks he's never going to wear, but you also don't want to get something so practical that it doesn't feel special enough to be a gift. Perhaps this would be a wonderful time to tell you that for my sixth birthday, my dad got me a backgammon set. I'm not making this up. I have no comment. Thankfully for Father's Day, Harry's has got you covered. While supplies last, Harry's is offering a special limited edition shave set. Get one for dad and get one for yourself too. The limited edition Father's Day shave set includes, is what it's so cool, you guys. I got one, uh, but it's no longer in my possession because my husband stole it from, well, okay, that's not really true. I actually, I get, I, I was like, look at this. I think I gave it to him. I gave it to him. I'm sprucing this up for the sake of narrative. I'm sorry. I'm a liar. But the truth is, the Harry Shave Set is so cool. Um, it comes with a matte black razor handle, a chrome razor stand, Harry's moisturizing foaming shave gel, three of Harry's handcrafted blade cartridges, and a travel cover. And it also comes in a sleek, giftable box with the option to add custom engraving and a personalized card. The box, it's, it's so, the box itself, you, you'll covet the box. And you'll especially covet what's in the box. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of Allison Rosen as your new best friend. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code Allison. Economy shipping for Father's Day ends on Thursday, June 9th, so act now. That's Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter code Allison at checkout to get $5 off, A-L-I-S-O-N. So again, that's Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter code Allison at checkout to get $5 off. Get dad something he'll actually use this Father's Day. Okay, here is the episode with Ben Glebe. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with repeat guest, re- return guest, both return and repeat, Ben Glebe. Hello. Hello, Allison. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. To we have, repeat and return. Yes. Well, I said return because you've been on the Thursday show mm-hmm. um, a handful of times Truth. of late, but you did the Monday show, this one, October 19th, 2014. I know we were just children then. I know. So much has changed. I have a whole new attitude. Do you? I mean, actually, maybe I do. I was joking. But when I think about <laughs> it, I think I'm wiser. Sure. I think I am able to appreciate the moment more because Ooh. I'm, I, you know, notice the transience of life more. I'm like 75% wow. bullshitting and 25% being sincere. That 25% is really hitting me, though. Really? Yeah. How have you the changed? transience of life. I know. Um, I've changed in a few ways, I think, in that time. I, you know, ever since, I guess, October of 2014, I guess it was a couple months after the end of Chelsea Lately, mm-hmm. and my my uh, game show, Idiot Test, had just started airing about two months earlier as well. That's what you were promoting, and your publicist came with you and yes, and had a few pointers during the show about you... <laughs> talking more about Idiot Test. So we, and at one oh, point, we she? began to talk about it. And then you like 
you're like, I have to interrupt though to talk about like the first time you got a blowjob or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I think your publicist just hung herself. <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I still miss her. It, it was a sad occurrence, but we went through and powered through the rest of that podcast. Yeah. You know, she had, no. yes, she died, but it was a good story. <laughs> yeah. Now, I feel like maybe it was wrong of us to not at least let like a moment or two pass right. to mark the occasion. But well, you know, look, here's the thing. I feel like if you're a good publicist, you're all about the product. She would have wanted us to continue on. That's true. The publicists are supposed to have no, you know, forward face. They're there to service the needs of 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 the of the client. I don't even know. I mean, if publicity was her life's passion, then it's good to know that she got her dying wish, which was we did talk about idiot test. Yeah, we got back around to it. We Blow did. job story probably wrapped up eventually. Couldn't have been a very long story. And then. <laughs> We got back to it. Right. It's a great game show, brain teaser game show. And it's still going strong. Your third season now? We've, we're nominated for an Emmy? No one gets third season. I know. 145 episodes. Thank you, trickle of applause. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Pretty exciting. We already lost the Emmy, so that's really? even better because you don't want to win it. Then you get, you know, then you're part of people think you're, and that's a lie. It would have been great to win. Who were you up against? To, uh, just the classic game shows. It was we were direct, we were nominated for best director, mm. and it was against Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, and then and I believe Family Feud as well. I don't know who won. I just knew we lost, and I tuned out. Were you up for an Emmy for best game show host? Do they have that category? There is a, a, really? a category. I think it's game or reality host, but it might just be game show. I was not positive. I was I was submitted. I was not nominated. How does that feel? To not even be nominated. It's a very sticky question because I'd love to say it's fine. You don't do it for the nominations, but all I do it is for the nominations. That's right. the only reason I, I I care. Even more than the awards? Just the nominations? No, I would I do it for the awards. I want something on my shelf. That when people come to my house, they can be like, oh, you see that? You see that award? That was given to me. Right. So And I didn't get that. So it feels fine. I'll keep doing it. Emmy free since '93. I'm okay. That's that's catchy. I feel like it's an honor, honor to be nominated, but it's a greater honor to actually win. It is definitely a greater that's honor. Definitely the better honor. But yeah, I just like the fact that I can market the show better with that. I can tell people it's an Emmy nominated show. It's totally great. Um, no, and of course you don't expect an Emmy nomination. I mean, I do do things on this show that are different than most game show hosts out there. Maybe that's the problem. You're ahead. Mm-hmm. You're ahead of the Emmy committee. Ahead of my time. Yes. Ahead of their time. Yeah. That might, I'm going to tell myself that. You're lucky to be appreciated in your time at all. You're mm. so far ahead of your time. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a strong point. Yeah. I like every the, this whole line of thought. You really are different. You really are like the transience of life has really made you uh, very wise. Thank you. I feel more spiritual. You seem that way. You're wearing mm-hmm. light blue. Yeah. It's, it's very it's uncharacteristic. An vibe. Thank you. You're welcome. I think. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with thank no, you. No, it's great. Thanks very mm-hmm. much. Okay, so let's talk about the other ways your life has changed since 2014. Mm-hmm. Around then, Idiot Test had just premiered. Yep. What else? <laughs> uh, what else has been going on? I um, have become a regular on the Today Show with Kathy Lee and Hoda. What are they like? Amazing. They're, and what do you talk about when you go on? They are just like they are on, I believe that. on camera. They're completely lovely and funny and just trash talkers and just weird and they do drink there 
And I've never drank with them yet. I even brought wine once, and, they, and then they said they couldn't find glasses, and so that was a. I, feel like, I, I feel might like bring that's my bullshit. own. Gla- I know I might bring my own glasses next time. Do that. Um, but they're very cool. I'm on again on June 13th. Um, How and, often do you go on? Like about once a month, every one to two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go on their guys tell all panel usually, which is myself and usually Bob Guinea from The Bachelor. Guinea. And uh, Guinea, I remember him. Yeah, Doesn't he was he play the piano funny Bachelor. He's in a band. I'm not sure what he plays. And then with sometimes with like Chuck Nice and Rick Younger, the comedians, and some random others. Brody Jenner was there with us once. But um, and I speak for all of all of all, all, all of men. men, all men. I was going to say mankind, but that includes women. And I'm not trying to do that. Right? No, you're just speaking for the dudes. Yeah, just mankind. Is that called men? What kind? Maybe. Of, sure, men for the men folk. Like, what kind of stuff do you gab and dish on? <laughs> we just take questions from from women about how men think, like. Is it okay if my boyfriend looks at a girl's ass when she walks by? Is it uh, my husband never takes the garbage out? He expects, yet I cook. Just ask for our advice on things. And I know and I know the answer to all of it. I'm an expert in how men are. Or, or so I've been designated by NBC arbitrarily. Do you? I'm going to ask you. Here's a curveball kind of question. Sure, I like that. I like curveballs. Because I'm steeped in the transience of life, so... Mm-hmm. I think outside the box. I like that. Do you, when you answer for all mankind, mm-hmm. <laughs> answer for yourself, or do you think like how do all dudes think? Like, what's your process? I think on mo- this panel, I think mostly about. Well, I share both. I, th- I share both, but I generally speak for how I think all men think. But I think that I think how most men think. I think more. I think I think more out of the box than most men think. Mm-hmm. But I. But. Yeah, no, I take that back. So I think I actually speak for myself because they're at, there's four of us on the panel and they're asking us what we think. And I'm trying to like share my perspective, which is a little different that makes things a little bit more acceptable. Like, can a guy look at a hot girl? Can my boyfriend look? And I'm like, yes, that's all you got left. Of course you can look. Right. So I'm not really sharing why men, we're not being asked why men do these things or being asked like, is this behavior normal? Is it acceptable? Should I be cool with it? And I'm, on, I'm more on the side of like, yeah, be a little chiller. Mm. you know like people always want to put up these walls before their happiness it's a little bit insane they're they're, they're the donald trump's of their own personal happiness that is very profound thanks i wasn't expecting that from you today i'm just kidding that's very sweet i should be wearing angelic light blue (laughs) maybe by the end of the podcast you will yeah anything could happen truth Anything and, could happen. And then the other major thing that I've been, I mean, I did a lot of other stuff. I did a web series called Cinedopes about the first movie theater to sell weed. And I shot another movie and I, I created a spinoff of Idiot Test called Political Idiot Test that I created and got to EP. It was like a mixture of the Daily Show with my game show and all these things. But the most exciting is I shot my first hour special. And that, by the time people hear this, it will already be available on Showtime. That is correct. Showtime on demand. And it's airing a bunch more on Showtime. You can go to Showtime, it's show.com, S-H-O.com, and then click on specials and then click on mine and you'll see all the air dates or just get it on demand or on the Showtime app. Yeah, it's it's called Ben Glebe Neurotic Gangster. It is my first hour special, 16 years in stand-up, waiting wow. for this moment for a very long time. Really 20 years if you count, like the comedy talk show I had in college. So that's a very, the two Glebe full decades. Show? The Glebe Show. Yeah. The Glebe Show, which... You were kind of, not, you didn't have a lot of game with girls before the show, but then afterwards, suddenly mm-hmm. you were the bee's knees, right? Am yeah. I recalling that correctly? It's perfectly correct, yeah. I mean, and bee's knees, meaning like maybe I got to touch a knee, perhaps, but not anything like legit. 
Is that your phone? That's my phone. I don't even know how it got up on this table. Did you put it up there? I didn't even see that happen. Yes, because um, because Wendy was scratching at your man bag. Well, Uh. chewing to split a hair, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, really? Yeah. Did she do any damage? I don't think so. Oh, God. I hope not. Who knows? The bag's not in great shape. It's actually a cooler because I'm on a crazy diet. I've lost a lot of weight recently. What is going on with your crazy... Wait, a lot of stuff to get to. I need to find that out. But first, I need to know who was calling you. Oh, it was just an unmarked number, which I, uh, honestly offends me. Yeah. Don't even call. Even if you're like my mom, don't call me. This right. is modern life. Text me. What are you going to just ring into my moment? Yeah. I'm having a conversation with somebody. You're going to co- ring into my pocket and be like, hi, can I hang out right now? <laughs> no. Right. What's Go so important? Yourself. If you it's that important. Actually, actually, my mom, I got a call from my mom the other day. Um, it was a call and then a hang up. And for a second, I panicked thinking, uh-oh, something happened to someone. Right. And then I thought, no, if it was anything important, she would actually email or text me. It was just she butt-dialed me. Well, my parents don't even think to text. They literally will just call and call. I'm like, guys, and they'll just like, are you okay? I'm like, this is a perfect text. You okay? Yeah. Three letters. You're good. And yet, if it were you up, it'd be a booty text. Yeah, which I don't get from my parents that often anymore. <laughs> They've really cut back on that. That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. They're giving me more boundaries. All right, now let's talk about, about the diet and the cooler. Oh, but, but the then, point is I did not get a lot of girls. But yeah, the first time girls were like a little bit more like on, on board. But then right. school ended like a month later. and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. But then I, if I figured it out since. Right. I'm, I would do okay with girls now. Even though I'm on this extreme cold streak at the moment. Are you? Okay, so I follow you on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. There's a lady who has was popping up for a while in your Snapchats. Hmm. Lady popping up in my... Because I'm only new to Snapchat like like maybe three months. I mean, I hang with different girls. Oh, it was maybe with Stephanie Simbari. She's a comedian. Yes. Friend of mine. She just opens for me on the road. Oh, that's why she's you guys were... We seem like we're... Because she, yeah, she like showed her like bra one time. And she it was at our condo we were sharing in, in right. Edmonton, Canada. That, doing that shows. is what it was. Yeah. I wish. I have to just pose near girls to create the illusion that I have some sort of functional private life. Right. It is, it is an illusion. And I just ruined the major trick of illusion pulling off, which announcing that it's an illusion. But the funny thing is that to create the illusion that you have a functional private life in public. Yeah. You have to post it publicly to create yeah, a pr- private illusion. Exactly. Yeah. It's right. sort of like a, like a backwards magician. It's like you create a bunch of like a drop a smoke bomb just to disappear. But people are like, Ooh, what's up with that smoke bomb behind that smoke bomb? They're high pitched people. <laughs> you, you appreciate that. Of course. I do. Yeah. Some people are that way. What's in your cooler? I don't want to say it's a human head. It's a human head sized cooler. Don't there, think it's a, a human head. head. Why would you even imply that? Human head would fit in the cooler. And also for for those who want to know. What's in the cooler? There's also pockets on the side of the cooler. Yeah, there are pockets. To bring like a stuff an orange on the, you don't want it too cold. Well, I travel on the road with this food. So I'm on this diet called MyFitFoods. I've lost 22 pounds in the last two months. What? Two and a half, two and a half months. Tell me everything, Thank you, two and a half people clapping. Wow. Um, That's our listeners. No, we have Oh, thank you, people that are slightly offended, but also into what I just said. (laughs) Oh, hey, all right. Um, I've lost a lot of weight. I'm on a calorie restriction diet. It's mostly gluten-free, and well, that is gluten-free, but I cheat sometimes. And I've gone, I probably was eating, you know, I'm six foot one. I was 221 pounds, and I was probably eating like 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day. Mm. I'm down to 1,200 to 1,300 calories a day. Way under where you're supposed to. And work, weight is just shedding off of my body. I'm not working out in the least. And I'm losing weight. 
It's wow. the ideal workout program, non-working out right. at all. I right. don't move. I mean, I move less than ever because I'm losing weight. I don't even like stand up. And do you feel hungry or uncomfortable? No, it's wonderful because I I usually ate, felt hungry all the time. I ate like an animal. Like, like I didn't have a regimented life. I was sitting at, I'd, I'd miss breakfast, I'd miss lunch. Maybe I'd get a Jersey Mike's giant size sandwich for dinner, which is like a 17 inch sub. Yeah, the, I want the listener, I wish they could see the span of your hands. Oh my God, huge sort of wingspan. Towards a Michael Jordan-esque wingspan. Yeah. And that's understating it. And then I would go, you know, sit at home and watch TV late at night in my in my little screening room and with a, where I have a jelly bean machine, I'd be hitting it like a rat in a, in a cancer experiment all day, mm. like a saccharin experiment or a cocaine rat test. Sure. And just have 6,000 jelly beans that just turn straight into fat. Maybe eat fudgesicles a lot. That's not a good plan. All Do you have all the flavors? of? Is it jelly bellies oh. or jelly beans? I mix it up. Sometimes jelly belly and then sometimes I go starburst, starburst oh. jelly beans. Oh, wow. Which are good but very different. So I do you- prefer the the... the Jelly Belly, and I've had a development as sophistication in my palate recently. Used to hate beyond belief the popcorn flavor and like the weird flavors and jelly that weren't sweet. Right, and now I'm like, mm, it actually gives me a moment of popcorn amidst the sweetness. So that answers my question. You still are eating, you still are pushing the lever in the midst no, of your diet. Not oh. touching it. Haven't touched it. I mean, I did, I think I had literally two jelly beans like three four weeks ago. Right. Not pressing the lever. Not eating fudgesicles, and I eat five meals a day on this diet, and I'm eating like real human like. You didn't, never eaten so well on this diet. I'm eating salmon and like pork loin and ninja tenderloin beef and, and breakfast with eggs and potatoes and... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Potatoes? Even potatoes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't even give you such a hoity-toity diet. They throw potatoes in there. So it's called my... I never f- hated myself more than saying potatoes three times in a minute. It's called My Fit Foods? Mm-hmm. How did you find it? By the way, listeners should know, this is not a sponsorship. I'm just fascinated by this. Yeah, I'm not getting it paid either. They charge me heftily for every meal. Yeah. There was recently in, in, in their store an altercation. I was there late at night and there was a... There's a store? Yeah, they have like these stores all over Southern California. You can go pick up and chefs prepare these meals, but I have like nutritionists like makes a meal plan. And I went to pick up the meal and there was an African-American lady working there late at night and it was just me and her. And then this crazy drugged out homeless man walks in, white guy, and started saying racial things towards her, mm. like white power and spitting on the walls. Yeah. And I had to step in and like protect the situation. And I went there today and or yesterday and they're like, we heard by the way that you helped save our employee. Aww. I'm giving you a free meal. That's I'm it. like, that's nice. That's like $7. <laughs> That's seven. The rest of my life, they just valued my life at seven dollars, maybe nine dollars. I hope it's at least to give me like a nine dollar meal. Was the white pride guy also on this diet? He was not. He walked in and asked for a pizza. Uh, and they're like, "We don't have pizza." He's like, "No, don't have any pizzas. Not one." And then he started. He became. He went worse from there. So I don't remember how I digressed that, but the point being, um, I pick up the food and it's tasty. There was some point I was making, wasn't there? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay, great. Oh, maybe the cooler that you carry everywhere. Oh yeah. So I just I bring it on the road. I travel to Canada with the cooler with me, with my meals already ready made. But I'm losing weight and it's effective. Oh, this that I'm not getting paid by them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, it's good food. How did you find them? For the listener who does, oh, who, listeners who that's what it is. don't want to hear about diets, I'm sorry, I can't I'm get sorry. off the topic. We'll leave it in the moment. We're almost done with the diet topic. No, I I got to plumb a little stay further. How did oh, you find plumb. this place? I just, I don't know. I just stumbled into the store one day before season one of Idiot Test because mm. I really want them like, oh, you're getting your big shot at television. Look good. Like try to, try to create like a top tier career now, Ben, like bear down. So I lost a lot of weight. I lost at that point also about 20 pounds, maybe more. That time, I, yeah, I lost about 20 pounds. I wasn't as heavy as I had gotten. And then 
and I looked, you know, very probably too skinny for season one. And then the show was a hit. And then we got a second season, and I just started eating. So I'm like, who cares? And then we got picked up for a third season, and literally my thought was, there's zero viewers are going to leave the show because I've gained weight. No one's going to be like, I can't watch it with him being chubbier. Right. So I figured, screw it. And I rested on my laurels, and and I gained a lot of weight for season three. How much? I mean, I got up to about 350 pounds. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got up to... An, Right, you said 220. Season so. one, I was like, I got down to like 191 pounds. I was right. 220. Uh-huh. So that's a 30-pound swing. And um, I literally like would just, I just felt fat. And we had a lot of celebrity episodes, and my comedian friends were coming, and I just felt awkward and uh, compared to them because I knew their faces, and mine was bigger. And then <laughs> and then I uh, had, I, I have like publicity still approval rights on the show. I can reject up to like 75% of, 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 of the stills. And I projected 75% of them mm. because I just looked fat. And I said, I don't want this anymore. And I was, I was preparing to do this, to, to, to do the promotion for this Showtime special. And I'm like, I got to drop these LBs. And so I did it. And I'm still, I want to lose another 10. I'm down to 198 now. Do you sit down with someone and do they tell you, like, do you tell them how much you want to lose and they come up with a plan for you? Yep. Basically, yep. And how, yeah, how fast you want to do it, if you're going to work out on the diet or not. And that affects the amount of calories. And um, the key, but the keys are to it. It's not just the calories; it's eating every three hours on the dot, or mm-hmm. or more frequently, because your body otherwise thinks you're starving and it starts storing fat. Right. And you said gluten free. Is it mostly carbohydrate? No, no. You have potatoes. No, I do have some potatoes. So, <laughs> so it's not carbohydrate free, but it is gluten free. And there's a lot of carbs, but it's more protein based. And and then uh, the big key: I drink 80 ounces of water every day, or mm-hmm. or, of, or of liquid, and. Um, some really unpleasant tasting cocktail in the morning. What's the cocktail? It's uh, unsweetened cranberry juice, half a lemon, B12, and apple cider vinegar. Gross. But it's gotten... The vinegar I, part... I'm used to it. This doesn't point. sound good to me. Yeah, it's not good. But you can dilute it and it's healthy. I mean... And this is part of the diet. Yeah, it's, it's recommended. Right. So I'd do it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, one more question, and then, then we're going to move on to whether when you recorded your special, you were fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are eating under the recommended amount, you said. Far under. Are there people, because uh, as someone who's always... I should be eating 2,000 plus calories a day, and I'm eating 1,200. As someone who, the only way I can lose weight is if I severely restrict my calories. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a whole life of people being like, you can't, like, getting up my ass sitting inside my asshole. Out of context. <laughs> yeah. I've had a whole life of people getting up my ass. What was I talking about again? Yeah. That's it. No. That's it. Oh, I, I haven't had an ass full of people just <laughs> wagging their finger at me over the number of calories I've eaten. In, and I'm like, you don't understand. It's the only way I can lose weight. Uh-huh. Are people getting on your ass or inside it about the number of calories you're eating? Or are you not usually talking about it? And I've just made you talk about it. <laughs> well, there's always a few people up in there. <laughs> so that's they just, just live there, they though, live right? There. It's a family of people, um, refugees, Syrian refugees. Oh, I've taken them in. That's nice. My asshole. That's nice. Yeah, it's better than Syria. They say it's as much <laughs> lovelier than Syria, the war to war strewn Syria. Right. So they enjoy that. But um, ah, no, yeah, nobody's gonna give me shit about it. Everybody's like, wow, it sounds great. I mean, yeah, I have a headache right now for the first time of this whole diet. But I think it's because I'm also on very little sleep. Did I don't you, sleep. Did you eat within the last three hours? I was eating egg salad for the from the diet as I was driving here. I had a fork and egg salad, and and it was, it's a complex meal to eat without spilling a drop because I'm a gangster. 
Yeah, neurotic one. Yeah, that's much. Is more it so. mostly? I'm kind of gangster. Talks about his diet plan for about 15 <laughs> minutes. So I'm realizing I need to just start a podcast about a diet podcast because mm-hmm. I can't get off the topic. Was, Call it podcast this, light. Ooh, L I T E. Was this mostly an egg white salad, or is there yolk in there? No, there's yolk in it. Because egg salad was it a very small amount? Because egg salad is pretty scoop. calorically a, dense. A scoop. But it's not. It's not like they're not making it with any. There's no mayo in it, so it's oh. like, so it's not bad. Like the whole thing was probably 230 calories. Okay. Now, when you recorded your, have special, I lost everybody? Because no, I don't, I'm. But you gained okay, me good. so much. Great, awesome. <laughs> when you recorded your special, where did you record it, and were you fat? I was not fat. I recorded at the Low Barrel Theater in Santa Barbara, 600 seats, the oldest theater in California. Gorgeous. We had 13 cameras. And I was not fat. It was, ab- it was shot this a long time ago. Oh, wow. I shot it actually, interestingly, maybe two months before the last time I was on your show, I think. Oh. It was almost two years ago because maybe a year and a half well, ago. This is quite a story. It is because um, we shot it and we shot it in a weekend when there were four other specials being shot. This very acclaimed producer of Sam's special, Scott Montoya, produced the same weekend. Um, he produced Jay Moore, two of Jay Moore's specials, a. Andrew Dice Clay's uh, Blue Room special with a bunch of dirty comedians, and then Brad Williams and Kirk Fox. And Scott. I mean, that's more than four. Mm-hmm. Did I say oh, four? No, I no. You know what? You said there were four being done that weekend, but I think you were telling me what he's done. Yeah. No, those are all that weekend. Oh, okay. So maybe it was six that weekend. It was three. It's a night. lot. It was yeah. three. And that was a lot. And so. Um, my slot only opened up three weeks before. It was a very intense period. Chelsea lately ended. My, my game show started. I shot this web series, and I got a chance to do my special all in like the same three weeks. Mm-hmm. And and um, had to prepare emotionally and mentally for my first appearance to do your podcast. And um, so Scott Montoya edits one special at a time and takes a very long, focused, diligent time on each one. And mine was came on board second to last so mine was edited fourth i didn't get to even see one frame of footage for like a year wow it was crazy like i didn't even know if the footage was recorded and maybe it was he was trying to let me down easy or slowly or something that we did so i didn't get to see it for a very long time but um finally i did and then we edited and that took a while itself and then chopped it around and sold it to showtime um so it's been quite a process, you know what I mean? You finally get your special, and then another almost two years pass before you get to present it to people. It's pretty crazy. So I'm really very, very amped for people to, to watch it and go to Showtime and enjoy it, and then hopefully become fans and come out, and then I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you about diet stuff after the show. <laughs> That's the promise. That's the now, promise. Oh, but, is, but sorry, go ahead. Well, is your the set that that's on the special like mm-hmm. 95% diet stuff or like 100% yeah. diet stuff? No, it's mostly diet stuff. It's like empty containers, scales, <laughs> the scales of justice, uh, but it's just like a skinny me and a fatter me on the right, each side of the scale. Right. It's a lot about that. Yeah. They call me the biggest juicer. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, um, and so the craziest thing about the special though was I, Chelsea lately ended on, I believe, August 26th of 2014 Mm. and i was scheduled because i was after seven years in that show i wanted to like celebrate and let loose i took a rare vacation i booked to go to burning man for four or five days literally a day after chelsea ended but i get my special a week before that and now i have to pack a 600 seat theater and prepare an hour of my life's material that most comics have a year to hone and prepare for and i had literally three weeks of which one of them i was going to be was before one was at Burning Man. So I did not cancel the trip. Went to Burning Man. Partied like an insane person. 
had a great, great incredible experiences there. It's an amazing place, but it, it's taxing. Mm-hmm. Came back, had a flight booked to, from Reno back to LA and had to change my flight and extend one whole day in a Reno motel, sat there in the darkness like a character that ended up dying on Breaking Bad, <laughs> literally trying to recover my body and get my voice back, and then flew back. It was a successful day in the darkness, and I and it's like Batman and like I mean Superman and Superman four when he lost his powers and he has mm-hmm. to like slowly get strong again, and came back and in that week promoted the hell out of it, packed the house. Sold a bunch of tickets and then ran the hour five times. Went to Santa Barbara, skinny, and did the special. Only got one shot at it, one show, and it was probably the best set of my life. Do you normally work well under that kind of pressure? Yeah, I need pressure. I don't work at all without pressure other than Snapchats. That's so interesting. I post on social all the time. Other than that, I'm really lazy. But if I have any deadline, I'm like the most efficient dedicated hard worker on earth like i work around the clock and don't sleep but do you wait until the last minute yeah crazy procrastinator so then you have no option but staying up all night because that's the only hours you have left like every paper i ever did in college i literally never read any of the, any of the materials never read the books and literally wouldn't even start writing at like 8 p.m the night before the paper was due at 1 a.m i would say all right let me sit down and like try to bullshit through this paper mm-hmm. but now i do real work not bullshit because i care about it right college is all bullshit have you, where'd you go to college? UC, University of California at Bullshit. UCB. <laughs> oh, UCAB. Yeah. Um, UC San Diego. Have you ever tried to change the way you work? I'm not suggesting you should. No, I wondering. should probably. I have not really tried. I've tried to wake up earlier because I'm a night owl too. I go to bed usually between like 4 and 6 a.m. You and I are so similar. You do the same? Need to, need wow. to drastically reduce the calories to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And also very last minute. Mm-hmm. And Look great in light and blue. Yes, I and a night owl. Great in light blue and a night owl. Yeah. All four things. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what my problem is, but I just I always go to bed soups late, and I I apologize for saying soups. I had to bring it food up again. It wasn't as bad as potato. It no, I kind of like I I kind of like potato. potato. Yeah, I w- I don't want to say it from now on. Right. I mean, we can say it in this podcast. I'm saying, yeah, I'm the, I don't want to become a person who says potato. Right. That would like be so it. arrogant to say potato in your life. I'm not an asshole. Is what no, I'm saying. but I, I like when I. you say it. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend you're not branding me an asshole there and move on. Um, I uh, yeah, I yeah, I forgot what I was saying. You're a night owl. Oh yeah, and so I've always wanted to. I've gotten a few times. I'll have like a couple gigs back to back where um, I have to wake up early, and I'll say, oh, I have two, I have three weeks now. I have to wake up early every day. Let me try to become a wake up early person, and then literally the next day I'm up till six, and then it shifts again. I can't stop it. Like I had a gig recently. I was in New York. I had the weirdest gig for a comedian probably has ever gotten. I was hired by ABC News to be a guest co-anchor for a week of ABC News Digital from their World News Headquarters in New York. That's fun. It was really fun. I was anchoring the news with Amna Nawaz, their amazing news anchor, and they were trying out different people. And for a week, I literally was a newsman. Like They let me be like kind of light and silly for silly stories, but then it would be like, I'd have to say things like, we're going live now to ABC's Alex Marquardt in Brussels for an update on the terrorist attacks. And I was like uncomfortable in that scenario and I couldn't make any joke. And I'm like, and so are the people, are, are they still afraid of, <laughs> of, of, of the bad guys? They're still the terrorists are still out there. He's like, yes, like I just said, um, it's been a couple days and they're mostly returned to normal, but they're scared. I'm like, yeah, it seems I would be scared. Let's go. Now there's an active shooter at the Capitol building. And you can't, there's no room for levity in these stories. It was very exciting and very out of my wheelhouse. It was cool. 
And this was ABC News Digital. Yeah, they have this new digital broadcast at abcnews.com slash live, and it's every day they broadcast for four hours live. Um, just go to, and they have different feeds. You can stay on streams, but they also have an anchored stream as channel one, and then, and you can just see longer coverage of actual things. So it's not just this soundbite driven media that is everywhere. So right. I love that aspect of the, of the project. And that's, really how did that come week. about? That's cool. I, I just, I had a meeting with them before they launched this initiative, and then we talked about doing maybe stuff together. And then they launched it, and they had me come on via Skype from my home to talk about the primaries because I'm very political and talk about, talk about politics. And then they just emailed me and said, would you be interested in coming and co-anchoring? And I'm like, mm, F to the yes. Something that <laughs> news anchors don't say. Right. I'm like, F to the fuck yes. You don't even need to say F, you're going to still say fuck. Right, right. F to the fuck yes, there was no point. You could just be F to the uck yes. F to the uck yes. Yeah. Abso to the lootly. But it could have also been like fuck yes. Right. You, so you could do F to yes. the fuck yes. Fuck yes. Just an extra F. That's a good point. It never like, hurts to have an extra F. It does not. I did if you saw my report cards in <laughs> school. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I enjoyed I enjoyed okay. that moment of levity. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the hardest part of that gig was waking up early. I was late every day. I'm late everywhere I go. And even to the news, I was like, I'll roll in 9.15. What you time say? did they tell you to get there? We had to be there maybe at 8.30 in the morning. And I was there like 8.45, 8.50. Well, you know what they we say about news. We weren't on live till 11 or something. It oh. waits. It, the news waits <laughs> yeah. for everybody. They say news there's, waits there's no for rush. Ben to wake up. <laughs> yeah. I just, look, we weren't on the air at that time. And well, so. Here's an interesting thing. Mm. Wait, I got a question first. Okay. But if, if you were <laughs> going to be... That. You just basically announced that this question will not be interesting. This one's not interesting, but okay. the one that I already forgot was, was going to be... calories a day. I thought it was 12 to 13. That's true, but I like to understate it. Yeah. Now, uh-oh, all the questions are gone. Oh, they are? The interesting ones and the jokes. uninteresting ones. Oh, no. Oh, Even no. the interesting one? We've lost all... I was the, talking about waking up early, being there. We've lost the feed to my head. <laughs> Being You're there, the have... news, being there early, getting there yes. in time, waiting, late. Here was the question. Yes. I don't remember if this one was interesting or not. Okay. We'll let the audience decide. Sure. If you had to be on air mm-hmm. at a certain time, mm-hmm. would you be there on time? I or... would. I okay. Would. Have you I'd ever be been... there just barely before. Have yes. you ever been late for an on air? For a live thing? Yeah. No. Um, in my whole career, I have not been. I've never been late for stage, for a stand-up gig. Except once, it's not true. Once I was. Stephanie and I were driving to, to Arizona and traffic was just horrendous. Oh, Stephanie, your Canadian Stephanie wife. Stephanie Sambari, my Canadian wife. Exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And, um, but I've never been late to a, oh my God, no. But I shouldn't even tell this story because I would love to get back in CNN's good graces. But I used to be on CNN. Mm-hmm. In the 2012 election, I was on every week with Don Lemon and other anchors talking about about politics. And I was almost late a lot. So that's like live international television news. Right. You can't be late. This the LA headquarters that where you went? I yeah, once yes, mostly from the LA headquarters here. And you just go into a tiny little cubicle. Mm-hmm. You think you're walking to a big news organization, but they're out of Atlanta and I walk into a studio that was completely empty, a room and the only person in the whole building, there's no makeup, there's no producers, there's nothing. There's one person in the control room who double duty has to come out and put your IFB in your ear and you just sit in a room the size of probably like seven feet wide by 15 feet deep, a shoebox of a room with a camera and a live feed, and you just sit there for 20 minutes on your laptop or on your phone and wait. And then a minute before air, they're like, uh, Ben, you're live in 60 seconds. Don's going to come on and say hi. And they're like, and he's like, hey, Ben, what's going on? I saw you on Chelsea late last night. She made fun of you, man, for that thing. I'm like, I know, yeah. And he's like, and we're live. And <laughs> you're live to the world. Yeah. It's so crazy. But um, one time I... um 
I was in Atlanta and I was going to go in in studio with Don Lemon to summarize the year. Mm. Um, and it was the Mayan apocalypse year, it was 2012. And I, being a night owl, was up very late the night before. And I had to go, I had to be picked up by a car uh, from CNN at 4.50 p.m. outside of my hotel in Atlanta. And I woke up at 4.50 p.m. Oh my God, that makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, it was horrendous. I, and I absolutely had to shower. I like partied and I mean, maybe didn't shower like the day before or something. Like I had to shower, right. had to shave. I had like a full beard and I had to go on the news clean shaven. I had to shower and shave and put on a suit in like a minute. And I get in the car and I'm insanely late and I'm begging the driver to speed there to CNN. And I get there and I get in makeup in the makeup chair literally five minutes before air. And this is giving me a... It was oh, horrendous. A heart attack. It was horrendous. And there was a moment of also like learning to prioritize better or maybe I shouldn't take on such serious jobs because I then walked into the studio to meet Don Lemon in person for the first time and we're on live in one minute. And he follows me on Twitter. And so I DM'd him about coming back on um, something. He didn't re reply and I'd even followed up. And I was like, yo, man, I would love to, to come back on. Um he didn't reply, and first thing he says to me when I when I walk in there, he goes, "Sorry, I didn't reply to your DMs. Uh, I had to be, to cover Newtown." Oh, and I geez. was like, "Oh yeah, right. You're like a serious newsman." And I'm like wondering why he's not replying to my <sighs> messages. Can I come back on and be silly? <sighs> so basically, maybe it's good they stopped having me on for a while because I needed that learn that life lesson. So that yeah, I still not learned. You said that you would like to be back in their good graces. Do you actually think you fell out of their good graces? Well, I just haven't been on CNN in f four years. So I was only on during the last election, but this election's well going. And no, I didn't right. fall out of their good grace, but I, I mean, maybe it's not no, on the top of their list. I think I did fall out because it must be because I, the appearances all went great, but they probably were like, we have to stop booking the guy who shows up five minutes before live air. Right. I think it probably screwed me. I think so. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Oh, Ben. It was not ideal. There's another one that I'm not even telling you that was worse, but they didn't know about this one. It was being worse, but I can't tell the story next. I'll never go back on there. Now, I'll tell, you off air, tell me off not, air, please. My God. You refer to partying quite a bit. I do. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I don't I mean, mean quite I'm a sure bit I you do. refer to partying. I mean, in your stories, it sounds as if there's a fair amount mm -hmm. of partying. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um. Well, I just enjoy life. I mean, it's sort of like the gangster part of my neurotic gangster is like, I work hard at the things I take on. I'm a bit of a perfectionist at things that I do typically. But I also think you live once and you have to enjoy your life. And like you shouldn't always be about work and your next goal and not enjoy it along the way. You know, in college, I had this phrase that I was my life philosophy that probably still is, but I don't say it anymore, which is stupid. I should is enjoying the process. Like if you're not enjoying every step, what's the purpose of any of it? Mm. I was going to get a tattoo to represent enjoying the process. I'd it's such a reality show kind of statement is it i think so because they always talk about like i feel like when you watch a reality show anytime there's a reference to the process that's code for the cameras and all of that mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um and and yet i took this like beautiful and sort of profound thing and completely cheapened it made it about reality shows yeah i'm like sorry the, the i'm just saying of our society. I'm, this is what i'm saying mm -hmm. you're a tv guy yeah and your motto was a very tv-ish kind of motto and with, I think without you being aware of it. I like that. This is yeah. back in college before right. I was really a TV That's what guy. I'm saying. I mean, I had a TV show in college, but it was a college TV the show. show. The Gleep Show. that got me girls' knees. I was able to see their knees. Yeah. I put a hand on a knee occasionally. Right. Which was exciting for me. I came that, that quick. <laughs> Touch wow. a knee, I'm like, boom. Yeah. It's all I needed. It's all I needed.
I like it. Knee. You know, I get it. I get okay, it. So then it just wasn't good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate puns. I don't know why I say them. I don't say them that often, but I, sometimes I do. Anyway, I'll stop clicking that thank you. highlighter cap. You clearly was bothered by it, and you should be. Well, I shouldn't be making clicking uh, noises you know in the background I of like the podcast. It. I like I like the unexpected percussion. It's the audience I worry about. No, now, maybe I get they that. didn't hear it, but maybe they did. I wanted. I was doing this earlier too. I know. The cap I mean, of my what? bottle. No, you were, I think you're also like doing that. fidgeting with the, with the label. Was, why am I so fidgety today? I don't know why. Oh, I know why, because I've stopped biting my nails recently. I'm making a lot of life changes. You have? Yeah, I just stopped like a Let month ago. Let me see. Ago. Look, I'm a biter. And they, look, they actually look nice. They right? look better than someone who bites their nails regularly's nails would look. Mm-hmm, that's my point. Find my husband and teach him your ways. Well, you just have to... Well, yeah, you have to hit rock bottom. <laughs> no, so well, how, like how a did very it... poor man's version of like a heroin rock bottom or alcohol. But... The rock, because I would always bite. I even would put that stuff on that makes it taste bad. But I would just eventually wears off, and you start biting again. And your rock bottom is like I keep going to dentists, and I keep changing dentists because I don't trust dentists or dentistry in general. I think the whole <laughs> profession is is fraudulent. There seems to be it should be a science, yet there's no consistency from dentists to dentists right. as to what's wrong with your mouth, and they're all just a racket trying to make money off of you. That said, I'm seeing my new dentist tomorrow morning again. But <laughs> uh, you got to go to them. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's an unavoidable. Racket. Poison you have to deal with. Mm. But um yeah, no, no unavoidable racket, right? It's like a tennis racket flying at your brain. You have to use <laughs> no choice. It's like a room full of tennis rackets yes. dangling from the ceiling yes. and the only thing you like can chainsaws. do is Yes. And the only thing you can do is like just scoot around on your belly. Yeah. Best you can, Catherine said of Jones and it as though they're lasers. Yeah. But you don't look good. You're not wearing a black cat suit. No, not at all. You're just getting hit in the face with tennis, tennis rackets. Yeah. I mean it's like it's it starts out great in theory. The brochure really oversells it. I feel like, why'd you even go in that room? No, it's a great point. It's like you could have gone around the yeah. hallway there. <laughs> right, but you chose the room full of dangling tennis yeah, rackets. It's the self-emulating punishment. You like? Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. But um, every dentist tells me, the one consistent thing they tell me, oh, you got to get a night guard soon because you're grinding your teeth at night. And I do not believe that I'm grinding my teeth at night. I've heard this too, and I don't believe I am either. I believe I'm a, I'm a sound, peaceful sleeper and pretty relaxed person. And I say to them lately, I'm like, I have a theory. I think it's biting my nails. Only my front teeth are the ones that are oh, being grinded down yes. and worn down. That makes and sense. And I'm biting my nails. One time I was in a movie theater biting my nail and a piece of my tooth fell off. It's clearly oh not good God. for your tooth. Like a tiny little, like a, like a, like a shred of it. Still, a but shard. A, a shard, shard. A tooth shard, yeah. There was a, I one time walked into a room, millions of hanging tooth shards, and you had to walk through it, and you didn't have to. There was an alternate way. You could have taken the tennis rackets. You could have taken the tennis room, exactly right. Um, and uh, so I believe that's what it is. So I just don't want to have to wear a knife guard, knife guard every mouth, ma- the rest of my life for the next sixty years. I'm going to have a mouth garden, right? That sounds a mouth horrendous. garden. Oh, in a it's mouth not like garden. A mouth garden. A mouth garden. That I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Would it be a garden in your mouth or a garden made of mouth? I was thinking garden made of mouth because okay. we were thinking about the shard room and the tennis racket room. That probably that influenced my thinking. Do you back in your nail biting days of <laughs> a month, a month ago. ago? Would you get? bloody like raw parts of your finger not bloody no really a little bit raw sometimes but not bloody i would stop shy of that but i would just bite a lot when, when i'm home alone i wouldn't yeah. do it in public but now i guess i'm fidgety because like i don't like unused to feeling nails there i'm like what, what is this am i turning into a wolverine if you had a wife do you think you'd do it in front of her yep i think i would okay sadly which is why i'm not in a relationship i just feel like i've d- developed this thought in my head i talk a lot about it in my Showtime special, which is currently airing on Showtime. Mm, Neurotic Gangster. Neurotic Gangster, yeah. Um, That I feel like being single is a better choice. I mean, you're not single. I'm not. And so feel free to counter counter contradict me here. But I feel like 
as I say in the bit, I used to want to get married, and married people ruined the concept because no one's ever excited about it. Mm. Everybody seems beaten down by it. The best answer you ever get when you ask somebody what married life is like, the best is like, that's great. No, oh no. God, that is probably how I sound. No, it's good. No, it's great. It's fun with him. And then you ask someone like, "How's a new video game? Fucking amazing, dude! <laughs> the zest comes in their voice. They're alive once more." So that's a real problem for me. And in relationships that I've been in, I like being in relationships. They're cool, but it seems almost impossible. Like once you're in it beyond like a couple months, you just sort of take the person's presence for granted, and you get on each other's nerves a bit. And you're not trying to like look great because you're, you're just living next to them all the time. Well, that is not, what marriage is living next to someone all the time, right? So you're not like ever presenting yourself as your best self, and you have to. If you're living, True. you're doing your growth stuff at some point to some degree <laughs> around the person. It's just like. It seems horrendous. Maybe if you could live opposite wings of a, a of a large mansion. Why did I say that word so weird? Mansion. <laughs> but maybe then it's, it's can be considered. Well, you know, here's something I did today, which I think is romantic, and shows oh, that hear there's still magic. I'll be the judge of it. So, um, I've been very public about how my husband and I are doing IVF, trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. and he has to give me a shot every morning in my hip this gigantic shot most of the shots yeah, have not been does. a problem <laughs> most of the shots have not been a problem at all but uh because they're like little and i could do them myself in my stomach but these particular Ooh. ones are it's it's um progesterone and oil and it's very thick and it's a big need a big needle and it's got to be yeah, in your it hip. Is. yeah so today i said to him i'm holding in a fart so bad <laughs> Because he's like, you know, right at butt level. So glad I get to be the judge of this because this is not in the least bit romantic. Isn't that romantic though? Because I didn't fart no, in his face. No, it's horrendous. Would you would you ever but consider I, farting in I his face? I was uncomfortable and I held Saying it in. Saying the word fart to me ruins the whole romantic vibe. You've lost all romantic possibility. I mean, I see what you're saying. I'm you know just, what I mean? Like, so now, he has to th- so you're holding it, now he has to think about farts. Now he's like, oh. He would have been thinking about it a lot more if I hadn't made the selfless choice to not fart in but his you, face. It was, yeah, I was I uncomfortable. Guess. I think to me, a much more romantic choice would be to adopt a general philosophy where you never do that in front of him ever and avoid it at all costs if possible and leave the room and do it in the restroom and then have an overall much more romantic and like presented in a a nice, lovely feminine and for him masculine way of like presenting an undesirable partner to your partner overall vibe not one time being like wow you're giving me a shot to help us so we can make a baby i'm not gonna fart on you this is the pinnacle of your romance do you see my point about relationships yeah okay so oh, what, is, what? Do, do you think he, he's right now telling any of his friends the most romantic thing this morning you have to hear this oh my god i was giving allison a shot in her hip of oils and she mid shot said to me Baby, um, I'm not farting on you right now. <laughs> Out of love. That would never be spoken in any world. Here was my concern. The shot has to be at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Let's say I got up and excused myself to powder my nose. Mm-hmm. I worried I would dra- drag the fart back in. Or like, huh? I feel like you can't, you can't. Drag it back in. You can't reliably offload a fart in another room. Sometimes it follows you. That's not true. Yes, it is true. No, there's techniques. There's several techniques. Like first what? of all, and I hate talking about this, but I'm happy to it's do romantic. it because it's tip. It's, yeah, exactly. People listening, girls listening to this right now, they're like, this guy's single? I gotta lock him down. He's got great fart tips. 
Oh, you see my point? <laughs> Triple time, and I'm single. And now I'm dragged into this mess. Sorry. But it's fine, Alice. I'm happy right. to help you. Dragged into this mess like the fart might have been dragged back in the room this right. morning. So, okay, so there's several things you can do. First of all, a big key is not just to do it and then leave the room. You got to do it, then you got to like fan behind <laughs> that area, and that really gets rid of it. If you're in a bathroom, you can also quickly pull down your pants and do it. Then it really gets out of the situation. Right, because the clothes are the... Yeah. The the sticky thing. Yeah, and right? if you're in a hopefully not sticky. And if you're in a car, <laughs> if you're in I don't know, you see, and if you're in a car, literally sometimes that's the only time you have to do it in front of somebody. You have to do it as quietly as humanly possible and then roll down the window, keep it down for about a minute so it looks like you just want fresh air and it's not just for that. But it it sucks it right out of that window. You don't even have to smell it. Jeff, you're nodding. Like, like I'm so uncomfortable with, with bodily functions being discussed that and the word disgust with a G yeah. being disgust tang that um, <laughs> that if I roll the window down out of courtesy, and I'm trying to like get past this moment if I had to when I'm driving the car and they say, why do you roll the window down? I'm like, shut up. I'm rolling it down for 10 seconds. What? Think of the possibilities. Right. What's the reason? I wanted 10 seconds of air on this three hour drive <laughs> or I was being a human with courtesy, a civilized man. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> teehee that did make it cute actually that's kind of romantic i want the audience to know that that's a drop that was a i'm drop. not saying it's not something i don't say there's a lot of i mean i do say it but i just didn't say it in this moment that was a sound effect yes but it's me saying teehee regarding farts oh, oh as well. you didn't say the teehee live yeah telling people. it's it's a pre-recorded teehee i thought you were telling that the actual noise was recorded which i think they assumed yeah, both the, teehee, the, the fart and the teehee mm-hmm. were from an earlier date. I'd rather talk about dieting again, honestly. <laughs> well, how's the dieting affecting your farts? Um, I'm good. Everything's great. I have like a regulated diet. If I'm eating any meal that's off the diet, my whole internal system collapses. I was just a problem because normally I have a steely resolution mm. and a steely uh, composition. A lot of steel. So you're a man of steel. Mm-hmm. I know what I was going to say earlier. Back when I was either going to ask an interesting or not interesting question, we were talking mm-hmm. about you being late, yeah, and you were saying that you're not, ex- uh, you're not for live things except for the times that you clearly are. No, but I've never missed. I was just right. five minutes before, but right. so it creates a, quite a havoc. But I've never been late, late. But you're late for everything you were saying before we before I asked the specific question of the live stuff. Mm. Um, I'm also, I also tend to run a little bit late for everything. Here's my question, though. You texted me to say you're supposed to be here at 6, and you Mm -hmm. texted to say you were going to be here at Mm 6.08. Now, that is the same thing I would do. However, I've heard people say that in L.A., like, you don't really need to text if you're going to be there within 10 minutes. But if I'm ever going to someone's someone's podcast, I like, if I'm going to be there four minutes late, I feel the temptation to text. I don't if it's four. If it's closer to 10, I will. But I feel like maybe it's not necessary. Well, that's great to know. I always do it because I'm always late, and so I feel like at the least courtesy I can do if I'm going to be late is to let them know you have an extra few minutes because maybe they're rushing to get ready, and then right. I want them to sit there. Like Usually 10 minutes isn't an issue, but maybe they could have used the 10 minutes. I'm always doing things back-to-back so that much last minute that is, I, uh, very I like to free courteous. their minutes. It's courteous while being rude. And so I texted you 6.08, and in full disclosure, the GPS at that time said 6.12, but wow. I believed that I was going to cut off four minutes. Did you think that if you said I'm going to be there at six twelve, I would have been like fuck f to the up kind you? Of. And I believed I didn't want to overstate my latency because already rude. I believed I would cut off those four minutes, and so I said six oh eight. And then when six oh eight came, I'm like, I wanted to get these four minutes freed up again because I'm not there and I didn't cut off the time. So I'm going to tell you, you'll be there in four minutes. No, you said three. I said three. I lied yeah. again there because it was four. 
So I don't ever, I'm like a very honest person, but I will slightly shave amount of time estimates by a, by a couple minutes. When I do that, I believe I'm going to get there. I believe that time, it wasn't a lie either. It said four. I thought I was going to get it to you in three because oftentimes at the end, they're having extra turns. Then it's like, oh no, I can just go boom, boom, and you're there. See, I will shave off a tiny bit of time, but I do it because I feel like the person's going to like lose their mind if they know how late, how late I really am. Right. But really, I wasn't aware that you were three or four minutes later than 6.08. It was like well, so not a big there with deal. You were a clock in your hand like that not rabbit at all. in Alice in Wonderland. I was not doing that at all. Well, that's good to know, but I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and I remember there was like, with what time we were starting, there was a thing, so I, don't, I couldn't remember if like you needed to go somewhere or whatever. No, you need to go somewhere. Oh, okay, right. I gotta go. No, I don't. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I don't have another thing after this until a later thing that I do have. Show the Laugh Factory. But, um... I uh, also, though, the nice thing about telling people you're going to be late is most often people are really cool about it and they'll write back and they'll say what you did. Well, you first you made it seem like you were pissed and then you wrote back, I'm kidding. No rush. No rush. When someone says no rush. Isn't it oh, like a humongous tennis balls? But I mean, tennis rackets been lifted off your face. It really does feel that way. And like you, all you I got know, is tooth shards that. hitting you, but it's softer and smaller. Yeah. I know. I feel that too. It's like, oh. oh. It's, such, it's like a mini orgasmic moment. You're like, yes. oh my God. And then you slow down a little bit, don't you? Yeah. You slow, you're like, oh, I don't have to be going 80. Right. I'm going 67. You slow right back down. It's funny. I spend so much time worrying about punctuality. I think because I'm always running a tiny bit late and like flagellating myself and feeling terrible mm. and oh, it's so unprofessional. But the truth is I never really care if someone's a tiny bit late. If they're a lot late, then right. it's different. Then I it's completely problem, agree. But- I'm never a lot late. So that's the thing. It's like I'm known for being probably 10 to 15 minutes late. Right. I'm never 30 or 40 minutes late anywhere. Right. Now, are we talking about meetings or social things or both? Both. Both. I'm never. The only, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm never extremely late, but always a little bit. And it's unpleasant for people around me. I don't have a lot of friends because of this. Mm. No, I do. But I, I have some friends. But I mean, are they making plans with me on the reg? No. I'm See, at home biting my nails, waiting for someone to call. Right. Eating your meals every three hours. Just better believe it. I think that I am late because, well, here's the interesting thing. Again, suggesting everything that led up to this was not interesting. When I lived in New York, I was very punctual. Something about driving makes me mm. be late and mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Well, there's no schedule. There's no subway or whatever. Yeah. It's like maybe you can, you know you can get in your car. You know you can kind of catch up on time. Yes. You're more in control. Right. Whereas in New York, it's like everywhere takes an hour to get to. Mm-hmm. So I would just always leave on time. You're right. I think that Which, I underestimate the amount of time it takes to leave my apartment, get in my car, get out of the garage, mm. out of the... Yeah, I always forget those steps. Yeah. Like I had to hop in the shower before I ran over here and I thought, oh, I'm just going to shower super quick. I won't wash my hair, so it'll be a four-minute shower. And But I don't I forgot, oh, and getting dressed and brushing my teeth and, like, locking the house and putting my food in the cooler added another six minutes. I just didn't in- anticipate. I'm like, oh, right. I forgot those things. But I have one other thing I want to say about being late for television appearances, but before it, I just had a thought hit me, and I have to share it because it was a cool moment. Please. I, I, I think I just had a weird feeling, not that I'm particularly psychic, but you will be late soon for your period. I have a feeling about it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. But the thing I was going to say, so I was one morning, and it ties in partying as well, what I mean by partying. So one day for a Chelsea Lately episode in like season two, season two or season three, early on in the show, and I was already regular, but I was like kind of a newish regular. And one morning, and I was always late for the appearances, like you're supposed to be there 45 minutes early, and I was often there like 
you know, 20 minutes before the taping, 25 minutes before it was not good, 30. And one morning I'm running real late and I had to shave and I shave and I'm prepping jokes and run downstairs and I'd partied the night before at the improv and gotten drunk. So what I party that time I spent, gotten drunk, probably a little stoned, you know, I smoked a little weed mm. and um, had a late night. You don't need to prep the night before. You don't get topics for Chelsea Daily until an hour and a half before. And I'm frantically moving. I'm like way late. One of my later ones already. And I get downstairs to my car and my car's missing. My car's not in the garage. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God, my car was stolen. What do I do? And I had to go straight from the Chelsea taping to the airport to leave for a stand-up gig. So I have a bag with me with a garment bag and a suitcase and all this stuff and wardrobe options for the taping. And I'm out in the street. I'm in my parking garage and there's no car. And then I remember about three minutes later, oh my God, I got super drunk at the improv last night at the Comedy Juice show and I left my car there because I don't want to drive drunk. Mm. And so now I'm very far from my car. So I have to get a cab. There's no cabs in LA. There's no cabs driving by. I called my friend Chris Porter, comedian. He's like, I'll come. I wait five minutes. He's like, he hasn't come. He lives down the street. He's like, I haven't left you. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. So I run to the street corner. By a miracle found a cab. I get in the cab and I'm like, please, sir, speed to the west side. And he's like, just so you know, I have three points on my record, so I cannot speak. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I got the one non-reckless cab driver. Right. So I have to ask him to drive me to my car at the improv. I get in my car. This is the one very responsible. I almost like killed someone driving fast. Like I was just like trying to like take a turn. Someone was crossing the street. I br- br- braked. It was not cool. I'm bracing myself as if maybe at the end, part of the story is that you ran someone over. And yet I know that you probably didn't. No, I did. I ran somebody over. It was my publicist. And she I <laughs> killed several publicists. Wow. Um, and... Uh, I did not, and I got there literally just eight minutes before taping. And Chelsea couldn't have been cooler about it. She, we used to do a meeting before, in the early season before the taping, and she just did the meeting at my makeup chair. All of us on the round table around my makeup chair. That's so she nice. was so chill about it, and I was dressed horribly, and it was a great episode. So there's that. So there was no consequences. No consequences. People yeah. don't punish me for being late, I guess, until I realized I got kicked off of the CNN News Network. So maybe that's enough. Well, maybe it was your performance. It might have been. They also had notes for me in the performance, but I didn't take those internally because I didn't want to look inward. What were the notes? I, don't, I didn't get it. The, the one notes that, that, that they gave me a few episodes, a few appearances into CNN was try to get to the jokes a little faster and try to like get to your points a little faster then I rewatched them and I'm like, I'm making jokes like all the time. Like every 15 seconds, I'm making a good point with a joke in it. Mm. And I watched other comics they had on that were like older dudes that were like slower, didn't even make a good point. Don Lemon had to make the joke for the guy. And he actually said to the guy like, you're the comedian. Why am I making the jokes? And I was killing. So I didn't get it. It didn't resonate with me. Hmm. But then they also started saying, like, maybe you should start writing columns for like writing articles for CNN.com. I think they wanted me to be more of like a news guy and i was maybe they thought i was just going on there just to be silly i don't know i had serious things to say i don't know it's it, it's a mystery to this day don still follows me on twitter but i have not messaged him and hmm. i ran into don lemon at the cnn building um in new york years ago she now goes out of there and we hugged it was good to see him joked around he offered me a cup of tea you didn't make tea i said no thank you and that was it we went our separate ways do you think if you'd taken the tea it would have gone differently no, I felt like I shouldn't take the tea. Like, I'm going to no. be the guy that was late last time I saw you three years ago, and then now I say, you want tea? Yes, please make me a tea. Right. I feel like it's always better to say no. Maybe I'm wrong. People maybe like to help people. Sometimes they do. They like yeah. to feel needed. Yeah. Like, I'm not just a news anchor. I can make a cup of tea for somebody. I'm right. a human. I'm a man of the people. Right. Maybe that's how you stay grounded as a news anchor. 
And you deprived him of that chance. Maybe he's like, what does Ben think I'm some elitist asshole? He won't even take my tea? Maybe he thought it was racial. Maybe he thought I was against gay people. Who knows what he thought? I just, didn't feel, like, I just didn't feel like inconveniencing him. Well, I love gay people. I love black people. Some of my best friends are gay black people. My parents are gay and black. Yeah. Both of them. I believe you. It doesn't In this story, it doesn't Thank come you. through. It doesn't but come through. People, you, you don't think the audience doesn't believe me? Oh, it's true. I my, don't know anymore. My parents are gay black potato farmers. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the God's honest uh, statement. I Not know. truth or, or fact, but it is a statement. I didn't realize you were so political. I am, yeah. I am p- very political. Have you always I, been? Yeah. Uh, ever since George W. Bush got elected for a second time, I got became very political. What was that, 2004? So about 12 years I've been very political. Yeah, I used to be on NPR, on, on Comedy Congress, Pat Morrison, and um, CNN. And my podcast, Last Week on Earth, is largely political. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to have celebrity guests on, and I'd make them talk politics with me after I interview them. But most weeks, I just do it myself, and I cover the news by myself and try to make politics palatable to people who don't partake in that. I tried to put a lot of peace in that. Yeah, that was good. Make politics palatable to people who don't partake in the political a spree. parties. It who was. do you uh who do you want? Oh Trump, I'm a big Trump guy. <laughs> <laughs> um God, I do not like Trump at all. Um I'm a Bernie supporter, but I'm very frustrated at the whole system. I agree with him that it's rigged. It's insane that he that Hillary had eight hundred superdelegates before he was even announced as a candidate. Why would they possibly announce their support? That's just there's basically not even hiding the fact that it's rigged. They're saying we have our candidate chosen before the people will speak. It's insane to me. And so I have a column that I've written for Huffington Post that I haven't published yet because I don't want to take the wind out of Bernie's sails, but it seems so insurmountable that he'll win now that my column proposes the idea that she, that he has to be her VP and she has to invite him to do that. Mm-hmm. To have any, I think they do that to guarantee beat Trump. Yes. Because they have the populist anger of Bernie's people and a lot of them will go to Trump otherwise because they don't want to go to establishment Hillary. Right. Um, so it's scary. It's really scary. Who are you supporting? Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. Why over Bernie? Um, I think... I think that she... Is that long pause because you're both women? That's the main reason? Yeah. Is it really? Is, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's that I'm actually not particularly political. And if Bernie were to get the nomination, then he would get my vote too. Right. It's just I, of the two... Um, I don't know. I think that every, I emotionally, I go yes to everything he's saying. I don't Mm -hmm. think he could pull any of it off. Yeah. That's that's a big question. Right. And so I think that it's, it's an appealing message that cannot be put into practice. Whereas I think that she is much more like we sort of seen what she can do. I, I feel like the Clintons are good. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't disagree with that. For the most part. And yeah, so I just feel like she's a safer choice. A, a safer, more effective choice. I don't disagree with that. But I don't disagree with that. Definitely a safer choice. And I do agree that a lot of Bernie's things, they're they're going to be hard to pull off. Like one of the things I talk about in my stand-up act is like I get inspired from his speeches, but it's like, how is he going to do it? It's right. like, he literally is he's like, healthcare should be a right. Healthcare will be free for all Americans. College will be free. You know, stores, stores will be free. You see a thing on a shelf, you like that thing, you take that thing home. It's a free Bernie Sanders thing. And it seems lovely. I want free store things. But how is he going to do it? But the reason I still support him is because even if he can't do most of those big things, 
if he can just in his four first four years get money out of politics, like just one systemic thing, overturn Citizens United, help lead that cause, that push, and get a bunch of campaign finance laws changed that you can't have money influence, it could be a, a transformational shift in our politics. And you could do one big thing. So that's why I support him, but it's looking unlikely. But that all said, I've been and very inspired recently, not inspired, but like taking some some cues from Donald Trump as far as marketing. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm just, he's brilliant. He's a genius marketer. The guy knows how to manipulate the media in the mm. best way possible. And he, he and Kanye West have both inspired me a lot recently, is they're both just the most arrogant people in the world about what they say about their work and what they can do. But it works. It's effective for people. And Trump is doing it and saying it for like really messed up things, for these real like separationist, xenophobic, hateful ideas. But he's winning with that. Right. And I think it's a big problem that Democrats and liberals make a lot um, is is that they want to not only be on the goods, on like the more benevolent, nice, philanthropic side of issues, they also want to be that way in their strategy. Oh, totally. And you can't. You have to that's, fight fire with fire. That's why liberal radio doesn't work. Exactly right. There's no anger. They don't yeah. channel that anger. And you can't. You have to fight fire with fire. You will lose otherwise. Yeah. Trump will win. Our country will go in a different direction if you're not willing to be aggressive with marketing the things you think are good. So I'm trying to even take a cue from that in my own promotion of my comedy special and of my game show is that I believe both of them are – very smart entertainment that there's very little love out there my stand-up is not just like with all due respect to a lot of comedians these days most comedy these days is just dick jokes it's like just filthy jokes as dirty as can be and i have some dirty jokes like showtime put my dirtiest joke in my 30 second teaser for my special but you have to have something to say i'm also addressing racism and and things about perception of gender things and different things that we interpret in ways i think could be, or, or worth questioning all couched in really funny jokes and that's not the stuff that becomes huge. It's right. like people repeating the same one voice or people repeating the same one topic or just talking about filthiest things possible to get shock value out of people become the most famous comedians. Mm. I'm sick of that. And I've been doing it now for 16 years. And for 20 years, I've been doing comedy, including all kinds of comedy. And I just realized like, I don't want my whole life to go by being polite with the way I present the work I'm putting my life into. Right. And my podcast talks about important things I think we need to be discussing. So I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I hope you listen to my podcast. I'm going to say it's a great podcast. It's very smart. I'm saying things in a funny way that will really change the way you look at politics, look at the way things are happening in your country. It'll make you laugh and think. So, yeah, you should listen to it. You're making a mistake to not listen to it. I'm saying I'm tweeting out that my game show is the smartest show on TV right now because I think it is. It's, I was going through TSA the other day, and a TSA agent said to me he loved the show. And then he stops me again as I'm putting my bags on the conveyor, and he says, I had two strokes recently, and your show is the only show I can find that actually challenges your brain, actually makes you think. And he's like having this emotional moment with me, and I was moved, and he was like on the verge of tears, Aww. and there were hundreds of like very angry passengers. Like, can we please? We're missing flights. <laughs> they don't, it's not TSI's priority. But, um, and so... God forbid if our show's ratings dipped or if we don't keep growing and we were canceled, I would be so upset that I didn't let people know when it was on the air. This show is really smart and you will laugh hard every episode. What show on TV does that? Yeah. What show does even one of those two? Not that many. But what show's smart? Very, very few. What show challenges your brain? Almost none. We're the only one really that challenges your brain. And then you also will laugh at like laugh out loud in most episodes. 
you have to you should be watching it. We shouldn't be getting like a small cable network rating. We should be getting like there should be a phenomenon happening. And it won't happen if even the person who hosts it and creates the show isn't that confident in it. People aren't gonna believe in what you what you're selling if you're not even selling it hard. Yeah, I relate to that so much. Because I think that sometimes I'm like, I'm whose permission am I waiting for? Right. Or whose validation am I waiting for? And especially in this town, which is like so so much bullshit. I feel like and it's if, all heat seekers. They just want yes. people that actually are saying, look at me, I'm the best. And if you don't believe in yourself first, and I, this sounds so like, it sounds like self-help uh, empowerment shit. And I don't mean it that way. I'm talking specifically about Hollywood. Right. Like if you walk into a room and you, I think if you don't believe in yourself first, you're not going to get someone else to believe in you. Because totally. they just want to be like, Tell me why I should believe in you. Right. People you know? want things to latch on to. And that's, I think it is true for all, all aspects of life. Yeah. And they want to, people are lazy and people don't like to seek out the best talent. They're heat seekers. They yeah. want to latch on to what everybody else already says. This guy's great, right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Right. Everybody says Louis C.K. is brilliant. So everybody's like, yeah, he's brilliant. Like, not that he's not, but it's like one pe- person says it, then 10 people say it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's the cool thing to think he's great. Well, yeah, do we want to Well, I think go- you see that. With I'm suddenly I'm like trying to I think it's okay to say this with Mark Maron and podcasts even mm. though I think he's great yeah and I think he earns all the accolades he gets but sure. I think that he's like the go to right. guy and because he's the go to guy he is the go to guy podcast was in Maron of course it's like yes yeah, like he becomes that default guy whereas when I first started podcasting five years ago I didn't know if I could do I didn't listen to podcasts and I didn't know can I even talk for an hour on something and I put on one episode of Maron and I like Maron he's really great his thing with Obama was amazing his interviews are really great. But I put it on an episode in his cold open. He was like, and then I went to the to the floor. I went floored. Is that a word? That's not a word. I'm going with it being a word. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just like acknowledge just mistakes and riff yeah. and continue. I'm like, yeah, I could definitely do that and never look back. But so forever, he should be the one that gets million, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads, and I don't because I'm not, you know. Anyway, so that's something that's been that's been on my mind, on the forefront of my mind a lot. And so I really believe, I'm not just saying it, I wouldn't, I think you're an asshole if you end up saying these things about things you don't believe. Right. If you just say, you know, and that's what most reality stars do and these pop Instagram stars and you do, they market themselves more than their talent. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do that. I believe I'm one of the better comedians working. I believe I have things to say that are different and it, I'm offering something different. It's smart, but it'll make you laugh hysterically. And I think you really should watch this special. I really hope people watch it. I think you'll enjoy my comedy and you'll become a fan and you will come see me on the road and I'll tell you about diet tips. That's that's, that's the hook. That's where you got me. That's the big hook. Let's I even started rapping recently. I just dropped a rap track because it's I've always loved hip hop. It's the one place you get to express your ego. Mm. And no one oh, everybody maybe thinks that's, it's the coolest. Maybe that's where this new attitude is coming from. Your hip hop roots. A lot of it is. I mean, uh, Kanye really gets me that way just in general. Every rapper, like their lyrics are like, "I'm the greatest ever." I will never lose. And then people say it like, I mean, they say crazier things in rap. Jay-Z is always like, I knew I'd be a prophet. I knew people would come to me. I'm the greatest ever. I'm Hova. I'm Jehovah. They call, call, call themselves God. Right. Yeezus instead of Jesus. I mean, it's like, so I can't say my stuff's really great. And you should listen to it. I'm, I'm, I'm done not saying that. I think it is really great. I think I'm the best interviewer working currently. <laughs> you're very good. You're excellent. No, the, I'm the best. You're the best. I'm the best working interviewer are. right now. Yeah, you're, you're, you're my new best friend. And you're my new best interviewer working today. Hey, I'm probably a better interviewer than friend. Yeah, I think Maybe that's true. Maybe I should true. Ch- change my wording. Yeah, change your wording. That's I believe it. There's power in that, and we can't let people that suck win. We just can't. 
Changing wording is sometimes a pain in the ass, though, because you got to like get a new logo. Mm. I guess I'm, I'm lazy, but ambitious. Yeah, I am too. But you deliver. Thank you. You deliver under fire. By the way, the fact that I'm not saying that I'm not pedaling back, backpedaling on what I said a second ago is making me so fucking uncomfortable right <laughs> I can now. See it. That's Even great. though I, the but, but perhaps most obnoxious, I actually do believe that I'm a really good interviewer yeah, and it frustrates are. me that I'm not seen I know. in the same way that I think I should be. I and same. yet I'm and yet I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I just announced because that. Because it's completely not it's what totally society trains right. you to do. Especially, and that's what Trump is right about. Women. Especially a women, totally. Yeah. But that's what Trump's right about. There's far too much political correctness in our society and we do have too many problems and too many big issues that are challenging us to literally like pussyfoot around issues. We don't have time to like Ooh, I'm not going to say anything, so I'll let ISIS take over. Ooh, I'm not going to say anything, so I'll let Trump become president. Ooh, I don't want to really like step on any toes, so I'll let like dum dums become the best comedians. That's that's stupid. I'm over that. Yeah. Can I say one? It's an honor being on the greatest podcast. Thank you, thank you very much. Let's do just mirror everyone. I want to. That's, wanna... that's two and a half people clapping for you hard. All together is a lot. I want to say something though. Just going back for a second. When you're like, do you like Hillary just because she's a woman? And and I my knee jerk thing was like, no, it's not that because I don't want someone to think it's just that. But I but I will say, and I don't want to pretend that that's this is not the case. The idea of having a woman be president does definitely appeal to me. Totally. And I feel like that'd be fucking amazing be if amazing. that happened in my lifetime. Well, it appeals to me too. Like I don't think that even should be a gender issue of who wants that. I think we're at a place evolved enough where like we all should want that. It's insane to not. But I think whether it happens this election or in four years or in eight years, I don't think that should be the deciding factor. That can be a tiebreaker. I think it's totally fair. Right. I, I just think I do think it's like, important. Well, this person's way better for the country, but not a, not a woman. Right. I don't think that's fair. And I think sometimes when Hillary's campaign kind of implies that, it's not. that's not the coolest. But again, she has to market herself. What's She's interesting. competing as Donald Trump. I remember when it was Hillary versus Obama – I wanted Hillary and my sister, who's younger than I am, wanted Obama. And there were articles coming out talking about this this sort of generational divide, even though my sister and I are of the same generation. But there were feminist moms who wanted Hillary and feminist college students who wanted Obama. And it sort of had to do with which which was the more pressing issue when you were, were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that college kids at that time take equal rights for granted um and it's and race relations seem to be more of like the the you bigger issue equal gender rights and yeah not, oh, right. sorry did i just say equal yeah i mean equal equal gender rights um yeah versus like the older women who feel that no there's still something that we can't Chip we can't be complacent right well I don't know if I say chip on her. Well, because you were. Yeah. Well, why did I just say that because you were saying when they grew up, but that I seem to acknowledge that they somewhere they realized that wasn't the case anymore. So then it right. shouldn't be as important an issue as race relations. Well, then it, it will. Al- it'll always be important, right? And it is still an issue. I was just yeah. taking that off your sentence, but right. Well, like, of course, like, women like still we, don't get paid the same. Which yeah, is fucking we can't. Bananas. We can't sit back and go, oh, as women, we've we've won. Like it's done. It's not. Is sort of what the totally. I mean, it's insane that they shouldn't that they don't get paid the same, and it's insane that Trump is not in favor of it. I mean, it's just crazy that people just still and it's unfortunate because that's the biggest problem with our politics too is we're just so polarized. The very fact that we have parties is insane. 
Mm. We shouldn't have a two-party system. Like, we, we barely do. <laughs> I know. But we're a country of yeah. people all trying to live in harmony. The system should not be set up to split us from moment one into two camps. Right, to turn it, it into sports. It turns into sports. It's not a pickup game. You don't need two sides. Just debate where we should go as a culture, as a society, as a civilization. That's what we need to be focused on. But we can't. Everything is us against them, us against them. And if you happen to be a Democrat, you have to be for abortion and you have to be for every gay right and gender right and you have to be for you know subsidizing things and big government and if you're and you have to be against guns and you have to be against bigger military it's like why can't there be mixtures why can't we have conversations and try to arrive at a consensus as a as a country why why these 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 platforms we shouldn't have platforms it's insane it's not a fucking runway i mean it's crazy we're not it, it's very frustrating that it's so polarized and so that's one of the things also that i try to do on my podcast and i try to do whenever i talk politics is just talk more on an issue by issue basis and realize like we need to com- come to consensus about the crux of the issues the core of what we're talking about and not be so focused on antagonizing the other side there's no sides yeah agreed let's do just me or everyone great Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Emily Tiffany Rena says, when texting no, I always write no without a period because no with a period sounds too angry. Yeah, periods in general make things look curt when you're texting. That's funny. I only recently became aware of that. And I'm always just using correct punctuation typically. And now people are like, in general, you don't even put question marks. Like, you okay or are you okay? You don't put a question mark. And I'm like, it seems rude to me to not use punctuation. Hmm. I use question marks. No period seems more thoughtful to me than no, just hanging. Right. So I can't get on board with that. I think that, I mean, but you're agreeing. So maybe you're saying it's everyone. I actually, I would probably add more words to it than just no. Yeah, right. Rather not or. Right. I think no. Yeah. Like a nice softer language. Right. But I, but I agree that I wouldn't put that period on it as well. Okay. Rafael Castaneda says, sign something silly on receipts to see if cashier notices. And then there's a picture of a receipt that, um, and he signed poop in the signature line. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. It's a very small photo. You might not be able to I make can't it see. out. Yeah. I used to see, I used to sign Tony Danza all the time. Like really? clearly Tony Danza. Nobody ever cared. So. I just, I'd, I've never, I don't sign anything funny, but it also doesn't look like a signature. It's just like a scrib, scrib, scribbles. Most basically. people do that. I feel like, like, I feel like a signature. What's the point? Has anybody ever checked a signature, even on a check? Is the bank counter checking your signature to your real signature? I highly doubt it. Actually, I think sometimes they are. But you're putting them in ATM machines. That's I mean, true. It's like, what are they going to call you back? By the way, it seemed a little Fishy. lazy on the loop on your. <laughs> On on the J there, are you sure this was you? Uh, I remember that day. I was a little loop lazy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. Maybe I don't need because I I do carefully sign checks. Maybe I don't need to. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I do carefully sign checks also, just in case. Well, the reason I also do it, yeah, I I because I, I don't know. It's untested theory. I very consciously sign my autograph very differently than my signature, so I'm not giving out hundreds of right. of. Perfect copies of how to forge my checks. 
Do you have a very like careful signature that you do when you sign autographs and stuff? Because mine is just messy and not pleasing to the eye. And I feel like I really should, I should sign something prettier. I do completely. And it's very important to me to do that. I think most people are so stupid, unless you're like already at the very top, unless you're Oprah Winfrey or, or like Steve Martin, it's branding. Someone's going to put on their wall or their corkboard or whatever, either scribble or a very clear, like, look, right now I'm signing my name the way I sign autographs. It's like anybody on earth can read that. It's like you can read my name. That's even worse than I usually do it. Yeah. Ben but Franklin. Ben Franklin. <laughs> exactly right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, see. I just think it's insane. Like, why would you, what does a scribble do for anybody? Is the only, no, I don't, I'm saying I don't do us here. I'll show you what mine is. Please. This is going to be wildly entertaining for the audience. I'm looking, I'm looking. She's writing. Well, she's no, it, I, there's the, it's just like there's a big A and then I it feel looks the like, Allison looks like an Allison, but then I do just more an R with, and a no, long line. No, that, that's not accurate. This is more how the Rosen is. <laughs> Allison. Allison Red. Yeah, I need to work on that. Allie Red. Sometimes I draw a duck, which I think really humanizes it. That's really sweet. Why I a duck? I just like ducks. That's it's cute. So you're spending time right drawing a duck. I can draw a and duck. And not making your name clear. I can draw, yes. So then people look at it and they're like, oh, who drew the duck? Instead of like, they put it on their wall and oh, Allison Rosen clearly signed that for you. How cool. And people are now passing by it and not knowing who it is. And they maybe they think someone who drew a duck, you got their autograph. I don't, people don't think about these things. Right. What if they think I'm a, oh, you got the autograph of that duck cartoonist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's no she's, she's the guy, the, the, the one that created Howard the Duck. <laughs> Demian Cordova says, I call every dog I meet puppy, even old dogs. Oh, I do too, 100%. I don't do that, but I know people who do. I do it, and then sometimes dog owners get upset, and they're like, not a puppy, he's 18. I'm like, I know, obviously. That's just, really old I'm just saying, dog. making him feel young. I also call women of any age young lady. I don't care if they're 65 years old. Do they enjoy that? They probably Yeah, they yeah. love it. I'm like... Listen, young lady, it's a great point, and I will take it into consideration. They're like, ooh. <laughs> I'm, I, I never think they're going to think it's condescending because I mean it genuinely. They're young in the grand scheme. That's really good because if you call them girl, they would not appreciate that. No, but I young do lady, girl too. I do girl. I call anybody girl and girly. Okay. I do. Is, is it offensive? They're, they're girls. If a girl said to me, I'll be right over, boy. I wouldn't be like, whoa, boy. I'm well, I could imagine an older 18. lady not appreciating girl, but maybe she would. But wouldn't you think it'd make her feel good? I mean, it depends on the context. Would. If it's right. like a coworker, you shouldn't say girl. Yeah. But in any other context, I love doing girl. <laughs> and, and eating potatoes. <laughs> yes. Tanya says, just this one, though, well, I'd just like to see what your reaction is. Just mirror okay. everyone. Drinking applesauce through a straw might be more satisfying than eating it with a spoon. Okay, look. I don't drink applesauce through a straw or eat it with a spoon. I've never slurped applesauce through a straw. No, it's gross sounding. You'd need at least like a boba it, straw, like a big yeah, straw. Yeah, I feel like it'd be tough to get through the straw. And then I feel like by the time it gets, like, you, you'd be like yeah, sucking. Yeah, like it's going to choke Yeah, by the time it gets to your mouth, you're... You're tired. Yeah. And you don't even get to see it coming up your mouth. Half of the fun of applesauce is the airplane experience of it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Right. You start smelling it as it gets close. Instead of putting in a little plastic keystone pipeline type chamber. Right. So just the, the risk of spills alone. Well, it's a little risk of spill, but it's still. No. I would, why? What's the point? But also, how frequently do you guys find yourself eating applesauce? That's another question. I don't that often. No, Applesauce is the kind of thing that my parents always have in their house, though, like a jar or mm -hmm. two. 
So when I was younger and I would go to visit, and if there was like nothing else I could find, I'd occasionally eat some applesauce and like try to spruce it up with else. some cinnamon and artificial mm-hmm. sweetener and turn it into a real thing. But yeah, applesauce sometimes when you, you don't, I don't eat it often, but when I sometimes come across it, I'll pour like a bunch in a bowl and I'll just go like, and eat it so fast because it's so good and it's light. You know, you're not going to choke on it. You can really just let loose. You should try it with a straw. I, sh- I will try it now that it's been mentioned, but it right. will be a boba straw. I'm not going to have like a little thin stream of chunky apple going in my mouth. That's for sure not going to happen. I just, boba straw I'll try. I feel bad if I threw shade at her applesauce snack. Because you feel bad about that? I, a little bit bad. Because I, I don't want to You're going to have like, trouble with the uh, Kanye Trump style branding then. <laughs> I know. I feel bad I threw shade at her applesauce style. You want to... That was a dog and it was not Wendy. Did Right? Wasn't there just a dog noise? No, I didn't hear it. Okay, I'm I didn't hear it my, either. Okay, that's crazy. Whoa. <laughs> I'm You're losing changing. my mind. Can I tell you what I actually have felt bad about since the very beginning? You heard that though, right? Nope. <laughs> what I've felt bad about since the very beginning of the podcast? Mm-hmm. When we when we I joked that your publicist probably hung herself mm-hmm. and I was thinking for anyone that lost some that legitimately lost someone to suicide that joke is not funny and it's actually insensitive and that's actually been i've really? been thinking about but that then you yeah. can't make any joke well what joke can you make hang yeah. yourself's a great go-to like funny like extreme joke of like oh, a person probably hung themselves and then in the situation they would never hang themselves right no one's hanging them the comedy would not isn't doesn't come from making light of hanging or suicide it comes from nobody would ever do that because someone didn't plug a show properly on a podcast. Oh, you know different publicists than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe mean, that's the core of the problem. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's a fine line between never wanting your words to accidentally upset someone and also right. wanting to still be able to make jokes. But that's the exact... I know, and I sometimes get oversensitive about that stuff too, and you wonder like, oh, and it's living forever now with social media, and your text you wrote right. out there, and it's, someone can always see it. And the two things, I recently saw Ricky Gervais' tweet that said something like, people always get offended before they hear the content. They just hear the subject, and they're like, oh, I can't. you can't make a joke about Caitlyn Jenner. You can't make a joke about suicide. Yeah, you can. Because those people probably want those jokes more than anything. We always like our, it's the same exact thing as the branding. We always want to like not offend. So we err far on the side of not offending. And so you never even know where the line is because right. you're afraid to touch that line. Whereas someone that's, that had some lost a loved one to suicide maybe five years ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, they probably can still, even like a week or two later, can still see the irony of a certain moment. Maybe it's something they found in the room is still a funny joke about it. And they're like, they don't lose all of their ability to process irony and process right. humor and process the juxtapositions. And it's, it's, I think it's so much worse to never address the thing. Right, to treat everyone with kid gloves. Right, it's like a dear friend of mine lost his wife a year and a half ago, one of our dear friends. And like your in- instinct is to like never bring her up. But like he wants to bring her up. Mm. He brings her up all the time. It's like right. you want to talk about it. It's, it's part of life. Things happen. To not address the elephant in the room, it's like you're going to get trampled by an elephant very right. likely. Right. And then you'll have to escape into a room full of tennis rackets dangling. And if shards. If you're lucky. I know. Tooth shards. Tooth shards. Yeah. So that's a big, you have to, like someone said recently, like don't, like f- go over that line and then have to apologize if you have to. And that person will forgive you if you accidentally were insensitive. That listener is going to write you and say, I think it was not cool for you to make a joke about publicity. And then you can decide whether you think it's apology worthy or not, if you made a mistake or not. But to never go near that line, you're not expressing the thoughts that are entering your head. And that's not fully honest communication. 
Ben Glebe, thank you. You're welcome. Maddie Porter says. Thanks, half a person. I might have done this one. Slowly dying as they applaud. Walk by a dumpster on the street and hold my breath. Only to exhale too early and get a mouthful of garbage. Did we do that? Does that ring a bell? Mm, that doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Walk by a dumpster on the street and hold my breath. Only to exhale too early and get a mouthful of garbage. I've done it a million times. Yeah. Fully. Fully. It's unfortunate that that happens. But I don't think we do it. Maybe there is a bit of self-sabotage in there. Perhaps. Like you know you haven't cleared the area. Yeah. Yet you just, maybe you like. Well, or maybe you just. Just can't hold your breath anymore, and you just need to breathe. That's part of it. Maybe you don't want to exclude the trash from feeling loved. <laughs> and feeling, you're like, nah, but the trash needs to be breathed in too. Give the trash a ride in my nose and mouth. Yeah. What if somebody writes in <laughs> and says, "I enjoy the smell of trash, and you're making me feel marginalized." My dad enjoys the smell of gasoline, and that I don't. Get. Oh, I don't mind the smell of gasoline. Some people like that one. I don't like it. No, I don't mind it. Do you like it, Jeff? You're nodding. Oh yeah, big time. Because you're a car guy, yeah. you have to like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it. I don't want it on my hands. You probably do because you're a car guy. Yeah, I do like it on my hands. I don't like it on my hands. Like I hate if it ever trickles out of the nozzle and then I'm on my hand. I'm like, oh, I, for the whole rest of the drive, that finger's up and I'm trying to avoid touching. But I do like the smell of it. I got gas on my jeans years ago yeah, when I was <laughs> on my way to, excuse me. I know what that even means. I know. I was on my way to Disneyland and I just remember being so worried that I was flammable for like the yeah, for like four scary. hours until I was like, I bet it's evaporated. I feel like there's always a gas smell in, in my house, like a gas leak smell since mm. I've moved in this place a year and a half ago. I do never call the gas company to check it out. And I light things all the time and I've not blown up thus far, but I f- smell a faint gas smell. All the time. Do you, do you use your gas, I'm assuming, stove a lot? Mm, sometimes I do that. And do you notice it more I also after have a gas you fireplace. use these items? No. Okay. It's a constant stream. Maybe I'm just forgetting what gas smells like. Well, it smells kind of like a mild onion, that. doesn't it? Like kind of like a mild onion? <laughs> kind of, yeah. A little bit oniony, a little bit farty. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. Um, Marley Solunas. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you, but... Listen to Daniel and Allison's adorable bickering and think of my beloved spouse and our fun little silly marital squabbles. I know that you're probably not that familiar with our squabbling. Um, I think that some people find it amusing and some people it causes causes them anxiety. And I feel bad because I'm one of those people that probably would be caused anxiety by listening to someone squabbling. And Mm -hmm. here's another funny thing, though. He and I will sort of bicker on the show, but in real life, we don't do it very much. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Like, we don't spend most of our time disagreeing with each other in real life. Maybe you're comfortable doing it in front of others and it makes it less real and like less intense. Maybe. It's a way to kind of get some some tension out without it being a real thing. Maybe. Without it being like, you know, having to like affect the whole night. Right. I like that. I'm fine with that. That's That's, actually a good idea. Yeah. You should probably do a whole separate podcast just like bickering. Just War of the Roses style. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever's just like open forum, and you can take people's comments about what their relationship fights are that week. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole Air it po- out. Call it airing it out, and you po- can have like a fart connotation right. for you there. So we've got real po- romantic fart connotation. Podcast light, my podcast about dieting, mm-hmm. and then also airing it out, airing my podcast out. about marriage and farts. Mm-hmm. I like it. And yeah. then also potato hour. Potato hour with Ben Glebe. <laughs> yeah. I would like to hop on board and do that and talk Perfect. about how much of an asshole I am and my pronunciation and how much it makes me seem elitist, even though I meant it just in jest. Just in jest. Just in jest. Just, just in jest. Just in jest will be my dieting podcast. <laughs> just in jest. 
Not jest, but in jest. Right. No, I get it. Just yeah, in jest. Just in jest. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Just in jest, in jest, it could be. <laughs> That's... Just eat, and I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the worst version of that title. And lastly, Dana says, hate people who say the www dot when relaying a website address. Oh, yeah. I hate There's it. 10 syllables of my time I'll never get back. A <laughs> hundred million percent agree. In fact, I'm in love with this woman that wrote that. I... Oh, I wonder if that is a subtweet in a way, because when I'm doing ads on my show, I will sometimes say the www. Why? Why? Because somewhere I got it in my head that there was an advertiser that really wanted it to be said because because nowadays it's like it doesn't really matter whether you put it, but there was a time where it did matter. There right? was a time where it did matter. Yes. But and it really does not matter anymore. I just feel like, well, if they're paying me in their hand and they want me to say this, Maybe are you, are you thinking that they want like an alert, it's a quick audio alert that our web address is coming? Like that's why like www, ooh, I can listen. What's it going to be? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. It gives you a quarter second to get ready. To right, as opposed to, well, I do the whole HTTP. <laughs> <laughs> Colon slash slash. Slash I mean, I hate equally as much when people say backslash because A, it's incorrect. It's a forward slash. And secondly, it's only ever the forward slash. So you never need to say forward slash or backslash. Just say slash. It's alisonrosen.com slash Ben is annoyed right now. Why do people say backslash when it's never, ever been a backslash? I don't understand. It's so dumb. It's so, I mean, how are we ever going to solve bigger issues? I don't know. Do you think I, Bernie Sanders as president could even accomplish that? Getting I, people, I think America I think it, should stop saying backslash. You're wasting time. I, I would get on board. You hate my Bernie Sanders impression. No, I like it. You do? Yeah. Thanks. What makes you think I hate it? I don't know. I just the general and, grimace and change in my yeah, whole demeanor. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, mostly that. <laughs> Hands behind your back. Look like you kind of gave up on life a little. Yeah. No, no. That's what I do when I enjoy something. Oh, great. <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. Now you Is that the, one, of the, one of the romantic moves you, you pull with your Yes, with exactly. Your this is me crestfallen and romantic. <laughs> um, ben Glebe. Crestfallen and romantic. Another that's, great podcast I know. Title. I didn't realize that your uh, last name at one point or was or is Gleberman. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah, Glebe's my stage name. But you started using Glebe pretty young, right? After my first TV set, I was my first TV set was in the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. I was twenty five years old, and he introduced me as Ben Gleberman, and then I changed it. But but when you had the Glebe show, you were still Gleberman. Yeah, and actually, my name's really pronounced Gleberman, so it was a real confusion of mm. identity. Literally, the announcer on my old college show would say, "It's the Glebe show with Ben Gleberman," and people were <laughs> like, "What is happening? Why did you is the announcer pronounce, having a stroke? Why pronounce it Glebe? Because it looks like Glebe. Glebe. It's horrendous sounding. as mainly the reason. And why go Glebe? People always of called it Glebe uh, because nobody understood my name. Nobody, I never, was... I never saw it getting on marquees, never saw it being like a name of somebody's favorite comedian. Who's your favorite comedian? Ben Gleberman. That's Gleberman. your favorite banker. That's your favorite <laughs> accountant. That's your favorite, you know, I don't know, maybe your agent if you're lucky. Right. But, and then I would say it on phones, and I'd call places, hi, it's Ben Gleberman. People would be like, well, Cleverman? Cleberman? Cleberman? Laberman? And I'm like, I can't do this. Branding is important. I at least understood that much of branding. Yeah. People have to know what the name is. It doesn't matter if you have those WWWs in there. If people are typing in Claverman.org, <laughs> you're never finding me. I want to be Allison Potato. <laughs> Rosen's doing nothing for me. But how are you going to indicate that pronunciation in the URL? 
With an H, like P-O-T-A-H-T-O? Oh, yeah. Potato? Or it could have like an umlaut. Would that make Ooh, it? Uh, or it'll a, confuse people to make you seem like you're a chair at Ikea. That's what I want. <laughs> That's my dream. Ben Glaberman. <laughs> it was so fun having you on the show again. Thank, Thank you, you for you so me. much. Everyone should go out and find your special on Showtime. You're out on of demand or just airing on Showtime. Yes, please watch it. Let me know what you think at, at Ben Glebe on all the socials. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alicefromrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. I want to thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. Thank you for your Patreon support, except I don't think when you hear this, this page will be up yet, but Patreon page any day now. We have t-shirts available, alisonrosen.com. Go to the store. www.alisonrosen.com. That's right. www.claverman.org. That's exactly right. <laughs> alisonrosen.com. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also, you can get these on the website in the store. Also, bonus episodes available. And all of that is also at iTunes and also on Gumroad. Um, follow me on Twitter at alisonrosen. Show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And... I'm on so many things that I feel lately I cannot live with myself if I sit here and I'm like and I'm on facebook.com and youtube and all this just if you go to my website every every, if you want to find anything I'm there except that snapchat's not there but it's Allison Rosen BFF oh can I say that too my website has I just launched a brand new website bengleeb.com all my social there I'm all about snapchat and instagram and twitter but you can get tickets to any of my live shows I'm coming to San Antonio and St. Louis and Chicago and Minnesota all in the next couple months Awesome. Please come out and see a show. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox Gleberman. Okay. So, Ben. (laughs) Gleberman? What did you say? So, tell them where to go to find you and plug everything that you would like to plug. Okay. Do it all. Great. I mean, to recap it, that's very sweet of you. Um, my Showtime special, Ben Glebe, Neurotic Gangster, is right now airing on Showtime. Go to show.com to find all the information there or look at the on-demand of your cable system or the Showtime app. You can download and get a free trial if you don't even have Showtime. Sign up and tell them you're coming for my special. That would be cool. Uh, it'll be on there all year, but initially, like, watch it now for ratings reasons, Yeah, personally. Idiot Test is on every single Tuesday at 10 and 10.30, 9's Central. Two new episodes every week, a bunch of crazy rivalry episodes coming up this season. An all-nude episode. I mean, crazy, brand really? new thing. Yeah, truth. Wow. Truth. Brand new game show things you've never seen before. A bunch of themes, scary episodes, rivalries of seeing who's smarter between different disparate groups on GSN every Tuesday. BenGlebe.com to buy tickets to my live stand-up shows. St. Louis, Chicago, Minnesota, and San Antonio coming up. And then all the kinds of my content there. Follow me on Snapchat. I'm on there every day. I'm doing rants on Instagram. At Ben Glebe on everything. G-L-E-I-B. Smart. Smart to be just one thing on everything. You gotta be. I, that's another thing I don't get when people do the different things. Or when people have underscores in their handles. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Underscore is a three-syllable word that you're adding to what you're telling people. Why not use a dash if you yeah. need it? It's a, it's a good point. But instead of using the underscore, people should just come up with a more unique thing like if it was allison underscore rosen instead just go like allison rosen time Ooh, that is good you know what i mean my original twitter handle was underscore underscore at for you and it was it was the character underscore the word underscore spelled (laughs) out (laughs) and then at the number four and then the letter u that is insane yeah 
I was making fun of Katie Levine having an underscore in her thing. Oh, right. I was trying to come up with the least <laughs> How many followers did you get on that? Uh... I don't know, like 60. I wasn't into Twitter. I just did it to make fun of Katie, and I got rid of it. <laughs> Hilarious. Ben, thank you for being on the show. Listeners, thank you, thank for, you for listening. Me. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 